Glory. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Praise Jesus, somebody. Glory in the house. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, God bless you for coming. Yesterday was a wonderful day. Uh, we had baptism, which was a beautiful experience. There was a newness of life in us. There was, how do you feel? Very fresh, brand new. Hallelujah. That is the beauty, right? You feel new. Yes. That is how it is. It is a spiritual thing. You cannot explain by physical means. Hallelujah. Now, by the grace of God, all is well. Praise Jesus. All is well, not some all. And that is our hope. Um, we will go into a series of messages which I have laid down that it must be taught. And I'll be speaking along those lines. Hallelujah. Today, I want us to start the series on sacrifice. Praise Jesus. Sacrifice. So, I'll call on my son Moses. Come and stand here. Uh -huh. Please, everything he says, put the phone on silent. Everything he says, eh? I have prayed for him. So everything he says will be coming from the Holy Spirit. Did you see I said everything? Not some things, everything. Now I want you to understand that no man takes this honor upon himself. It is God who calls. If he has not called you in the kingdom, if you try, you fail. Because he gives you the ability to do it. Hallelujah. So this morning as he's teaching us, if he happens to preach, which will surprise me today if Moses ever preaches, but I know he will teach. So whatever he does, open up your heart and receive it and you'll be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. You have 45 minutes. Your time starts now. Hallelujah. Let's take a short word of prayer. Let's bow down our heads. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we give you glory. You truly deserve this time. You truly deserve our praise, our honor. We ascribe everything we are and we owe to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, gracious Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Give you glory. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jehovah Almighty. give us and we'll look into his sufferings and what he went through and what it meant to the believer what all that he does or what he did sorry meant to the believer hallelujah um, um, I know that you are going to be blessed hallelujah first Corinthians 1 18 we, we we have we know and we have seen the effect of sacrificing our society we know that when people want to gain spiritual power when they want to get a certain amount of power in society they consult places that will give them power and they do that by sacrificing you can't just go there and 
do anything. No, no, no. They, they, they demand from you a sacrifice. So that's why they don't tell you to offer something small. Something that will offer you a lot. And beware, if they don't ask you for anything, you'll be putting your whole bloodline, your family into it. The devil never gives anything for free. Hallelujah. So sacrifice is very key. And the Lord provided, he made an arrangement for us believers. For anyone who believes in him, he made a sacrifice. Hallelujah for that person. So there is something great, so much great, with so much power, which is made available for the believer. If only we would avail ourselves to this truth, if only we would take off that veil and we would see the depth of that sacrifice, I know so for sure, hallelujah, that the power of God will be seen and realized to us. First Corinthians 1 18. I quoted it. I was waiting for it all this while. And the means of this sacrifice was the cross. Look at what he says over here. He says, For the preaching of the gospel is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved, it is the very power of God. Verse 19. We are going to 24. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the wise? The wise? Where is the wisdom of this? Or the person who called himself wise in this world? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Let's keep on reading. For after that, in for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them, to save them that believe. Let's keep on reading. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto a Jew it is a stumbling block. And unto the Greek it is foolishness. You see, he's trying to make us understand that the cross, what we call the cross, what we call that Christ came to die, the sacrifice which God through Christ came to do to someone who is an unbeliever, he will see that this thing is his foolishness. What are you trying to tell me? That someone can just come and die for me some time ago, which I wasn't there, and it will affect me and take my sin away. It, it, it doesn't sound a little logical. It doesn't, it doesn't, there is no correlation between Christ and me. I wasn't there. I wasn't there by when the sacrifice was being made. But he says that, look at what he says. He says that it is foolishness unto the world, but unto the one who believes, it is the very power of God. Hallelujah. So what I'm, what I'm about to share with us to, today, this morning, it is the very power of God. The sacrifice that God made through Christ. The Bible says that God offered Christ on our behalf. He offered him. And it is the very power of God which we are going to look at today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This teaching is a very, the very basis of our Christianity. The very basis. The basis. If you come into Christ, this is what you need. You ought to know. These are the teachings which you need to, to understand. Hallelujah. Because when you give your life to Christ, they tell you that you are baptized into Christ. You are baptized into his death. He resurrected. They tell you he's resurrected with you. So you need to know what entails. What are, what are the things I, I, I baptize? I'm baptized with Christ in his death, in his resurrection. What, what, what do I have in his resurrection? Hallelujah. That's why I, say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I said that it is the basis. Hallelujah. I will not waste my time. I want us to go deep and start by looking into the sacrifice of Christ because my time is limited. Let's look at the road to the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible makes us understand in Revelation 13 verse 8 that the lamp was slain even before the foundation of this earth. Before the Lord laid down the foundation of this earth, he had it in mind that someone will come. I would need him. A time will come where I would need that salvation. So he sacrificed the lamp way before, way before he formed the earth. Hallelujah. Christ came. Fast forward. Christ came on the scene. He was birth. He performed many miracles. He was seen by many. He touched many. He healed many. He did so much. But there was something he needed to accomplish. God was so much in a hurry. When I look at the whole story again, as I was reading through the whole story of the gospel this week, I was like, it's like God is in a hurry to perform the sacrifice. He didn't wait for Jesus to get to 50 something. No. No, no, no. 33. It's okay. Just God says it's okay. Do it now. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ was at the mountain 
of olives. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verse, Luke 22, verse 37. He was at the mountain of olives. He was at a deep place. He was praying. And he told the disciples, I am about to pray. Pray with me. And the Bible says that they were sharing in sorrows because he told them this very thing that he was going to pray and something is about to happen. So he wants them to pray with him. He says, For I see unto you that it is written. Luke 22, 39. Okay, let's go to 39. And he came out and he went out. He went. He was, I want a simpler translation, if you can. So Jesus Christ went to meet, or he went to the mountain to pray. And the Bible says that as he was praying, a deep agony fell on him. A deep sorrow came on him. He was feeling a certain kind of pain that he has never felt before. Luke 22, 39. And he came out. Okay, I like baby. And he came out and went. And his way was to the mountain of olives. And the disciples went with him. Verse 40. And when he came unto the place, he said to them, Make a prayer. He's telling them to pray. Make a prayer that you may not be put to test. Verse 41. And he went a little distance away from them. And falling on his knees, he prayed. Let's continue. Father, if it is your pleasure, take this cup for me. But still, let your, but still, let your pleasure, not mine, be done. We know in verse... It's okay. So we know that he said, Father, let your will be done. That prayer. Father, let your will be done, but not mine. You know, he has gotten to that stage when he was praying and the Lord brought him the cross, the whole thing which was about to happen to him. The suffering he needed to suffer. And the Bible says that he was in deep agony. And he says, Father, if it is your pleasure, take this cup away from me. You know, the cup he was referring to, he understood it. When we, when we say the cup in the cup of the Lord, it talks about the agony of the Lord. Because in Isaiah chapter 52, he, kept, he said the same thing. He says, O Israel, he says, awake and arise. O Israel, you that are asleep. He was calling unto Jerusalem. He says, awake, O Jerusalem. And he says that you who have drunk of the cup of the wrath of the Lord. So the cup of the wrath of the Lord is the same as his agony. Hallelujah. His judgment. So here Jesus Christ have, he has seen the picture of his suffering. And look at what happened. Let's continue reading. 42. Saying, Father, if it is your will, remove this cup from me, yet not mine, but always yours. 43. And there, and there appeared unto him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in the spirit. Let's keep on reading. And being in agony of mind, he prayed. He prayed all the more, earnestly and intently. And his sweat became like great clots of blood, dropping down the ground. Now Jesus Christ was praying. He couldn't stop praying. The Bible says an angel wanted to comfort him. But no, no. The guy was seeing something. He was seeing something so great. He couldn't stop. He was so much in, in agony. Hallelujah. In pain. And it, this is a medical condition. The Bible, when I read, I, I, I took time to read a letter about this medical condition. It is a, a condition where your capillaries, your blood vessel, they burst. Your blood burst within you. That is, he was going through an internal bleeding just by praying, just by looking at what was about to happen to him. It burst and his sweat pores dilated so that the blood could come out and be seen. This was what Jesus Christ felt. But I, I, I know for sure that we have not yet known what Christ knew. What he saw, we have not yet had a picture of it yet. To know how much he sacrificed for us. How much he went through for us. Hallelujah. Now Jesus Christ, he was looking at it. He says, Father Lord, I wish this cup would go out of me. I wish I would not go through this suffering, but not mine. Not my will. Let your will be done. Hallelujah. Beloved, I want to tell you, just in the bypass, that there is no suffering, there is no agony, there is no pain that our Lord Jesus has not gone through yet. If you are going through a, a, a kind of pain, Jesus Christ has gone much higher one. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he can comfort you if you are going through such a pain because he has experienced such a pain before. He has, he has gone through such agony before where he sweat, where his sweat turned into blood. 
or blood came out of the pores from his sweat. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has gone through all for us. Fast forward from here, where he had prayed in agony, he came to his disciples who were sleeping. He says, Oh, my disciples, couldn't you just pray for an hour for me? Couldn't you just pray for he didn't even say for me, for you. He says, You couldn't even wait for an hour to pray. Because a test and a trial is also coming to happen, not just for me, but you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, beloved, are you here? Hallelujah. So fast forward from here. He was in the garden. Just some few. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't just some hours. He went to the garden because he knew everything had to start from there. And then Judas Iscariot came. The Bible says that he came with a company, a troop of, of, of the soldiers from the Roman, um, from the Romans. He came with a troop of them. And I was looking at the number he brought to it. I was amazed. The number is between 200 to 1,000 soldiers. Just to capture one man. You know, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. 200 to 1,000 soldiers to capture one man. Not just even the troops from the Roman side. He also brought, you know, the, the Jews. They also have soldiers. They also have people who also, or they call them officers. He also brought about 200 of them. Them together roughly thousand two just arrest, arrest, arrest Jesus, but they couldn't stand him. They asked him because they were dressed in the same way in those times. A master and a servant would dress the same way. So when you come, you usually will not see who is the master and who is the servant, who is the disciple. They usually wear the same thing. If the master is wearing white, white, you cannot go and wear a red, red. You surely have to wear a white, white. If he's wearing a sandals, you surely wear a sandals. Hallelujah. So he couldn't. So he went to him and gave him a kiss. And he told him, So do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Hallelujah. And he, he asked him, Who are you looking for? He says, Jesus. He says, Here am I. Here I am. That was the word. Here I am. And we know the story. They fell backwards. Just by the name he mentioned, I am. The I am. You remember when, G when Moses met the Lord, he asked him, what should I go and tell Pharaoh? Say, I am. I am the I am. Hallelujah. So he gave him that word. That means that Jesus was the same person that spoke to Moses. He's the same person that spoke to Moses. Same person that speaks or that, speak, that spoke to all of them. Prophet, the, all the prophets that came. He was the very person that now he has arrived to perform the great sacrifice. Hallelujah. So he came. Mention who? Who are you looking for? Jesus. And he came forward, I am again a second time. And he says that if you are looking, if it is me, let me go. Or let take me and let the disciples go. Free the disciples. That was a great time for the disciples. The Bible says, Strike the shepherd. Zechariah 3. It says, When you strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. They were scattered. No wonder the temptation came. Peter couldn't stand it. He betrayed Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus has been captured. He was going through a number of trials. First, he was sent to the chief priest. The high priest asked him a lot of questions. The Bible says that as a lamp, he was led before the slaughter. He wasn't afraid of death. He didn't answer anybody. He wasn't afraid of whatever. He was focused on what he was going to do. Hallelujah. He, he didn't answer them. They asked him a question. Pilate was so amazed. He says, I have the power to free you. He told Jesus, I have the power to set you free. Tell me. He wanted, he wanted an answer. He wanted Jesus to say something to, so that he can he free him. But Jesus didn't say anything. Hallelujah. Now Jesus Christ went through all. He went through chief priest, the high priest, went to Pilate, he went to Caesar. Pilate, still, they couldn't find any fault with him. But the high priest gave he gave the, the high priest gave Pilate a warning. He says, if you don't, we will report you to Caesar. Because Caesar was the king by then. Like just like how um, Queen Elizabeth, he oversees the whole United Kingdom. You get it? Pilate was just a governor of maybe, let's take it like UK, United Kingdom. Sorry, um, maybe Scotland. You get it? So he was, if you don't do it, we'll report you because this man says that he's a king. So he was telling him, if you don't do it, I'll report you. 
and the king himself, you, you, the king himself will say that you have brought another king. You get it? You have brought another king who is coming to compete with me. So he was being threatened to do it. So at a point, Pilate washed his hands because he, he, he's tired of the threat that was coming from the Jews. And the Bible says that they gave, made an exchange of someone else who was a criminal. Hallelujah. Now Jesus Christ was near the point of death. The Bible says that when he went to when he went to Pilate when he went to Pilate they treated him harshly because Pilate wanted to lash him he wanted to just lash him so that it would please the Jews but the more he, he does one thing the more they keep on treating him so at first he said okay let me lash him maybe when I lash him they'll say it's okay it's enough according to John testimony John chapter 20 21, 22, 23 that's what John wrote because he was there. And he was saying that, no. He lashed him. It wasn't enough. And it wasn't 39 lashes he lashed him. It wasn't 39 at all. Because it was the Jews' custom. The Lord told Moses that it is with the Jews that is supposed to lash 40 minus 1. That is 39. But the Romans, they don't lash 39. They lash until they are tired. They lash until they feel satisfied. Yeah. and it's not just a lash it was a whip it was a leather with metal attached to the end so when they are lashing you they are tearing your body it is not just a, you are giving some lashes so that you'll be okay they are lashing and they are tearing your body they, they want you to feel the pain they put metals at the end of the whole thing at the end of the hook so that when they give you the lash before they stretch it part of your body is gone Hallelujah. This is what Jesus went through for us. Look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 50 when he was describing the passion, 50 verse 6. He was describing what Christ was going through. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6. He says, I give my back to the smiters and my cheek to them that block off the hair. I hate not my face from the spitting. This is what Jesus Christ is saying. He says that my back, I didn't hide it from them. I didn't hide it from them, my face from them that were spitting onto me. They spit, they, they spat on, on his face. Hallelujah. Why? All for us. All for us. All for us. Hallelujah. Isaiah, the same Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14. We are looking at how Isaiah described what Jesus went through. I think I should be reading. Hey, what's happening? Okay, Isaiah, as many were astonished, as many as were astonished, as many as were astonished at D, his visage was so mad that were so mad than any man and his form than the son of man so this is telling us about the visage his form his face how he was looking when he was being lashed when he was he was being scorched with the belt and the metal at the end he says his visage was mad that means that in other translation he says that his visage was so different from any other person that means when you see you can't even recognize him just from the lashing and the scorching they don't just lash your back no they lash everywhere they can everywhere the belt goes and there's someone sitting there watching over. Okay, yes, next, next place. They turn him upside down. They lashes. They lash until they are tired. And he says his visage, his visage was so mad. Was so mad. His, his form was so mad than any other person on the earth. His face has changed. When you see him, you can't even recognize that this is, this is Jesus. This is the sacrifice and the offering he started. Hallelujah. Psalm 22 verse 16. Let's look at what's that David the psalmist also saw when the Lord showed him the sacrifice of Christ. Psalm 22 verse 16. We are reading to okay, let's go to 14 to 16. He says, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. 
my heart is like wax it is melted in the midst of my bowls my strength is dried up a fragrant of clay pottery with thirst my tongue cleaves to my jaw and you have brought me into the dust of death resisting for like a pack of dogs they have encompassed me a company of evil doers has encircled me they pierced my hands and my feet back to verse 14 back to verse 14 it says i am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint they so beat him his bones went out of joint yeah jesus bones went out of joint just of just just because he need to do something for you he need to sacrifice for you his bones were out of joint they weren't broken because there was a prophecy made none of his bones shall be broken but his broke but the bones were out of joint his arms were out of joint when he was hanged on the tree on the on the cross his, his, his hands hallelujah his knees his back as for the back you can't even tell they were out of joint someone said you can tell my bones another translation you could tell his bones that when you stand and you look at Christ when they were whipping him you could count his bones hallelujah this is what Christ went through for us. Last one, Isaiah 53. Verse 1 to verse 1. Let's start with this one. Who has believed our report? And unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Let's keep on reading. You are going. It says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness. And when he shall, and when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should design him. This is what I just said. Where they beat him such that he couldn't even see that this is Jesus. They so beat him that he says there was no beauty that anyone could desire of him. Let's continue. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow acquainted. You know, before this verse, I told you that his blood vessel, because of the agony he went through, the blood vessel were best already. So he was the vessels were already best when he was praying at the Mount of Olives. So he says that a man of sorrow, because the, it has I did not share so too much. A man of sorrow with grief. And he said, and we hate, and we hate as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and sickness, weakness, distress and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment yet we ignorantly considered him stricken smitten and afflicted by god as if with leprosy <laughs> this is a serious issue as if with leprosy but he was wounded for our transgression and he was bruised for our guilt and iniquity and the chastisement i think that's jumped to another verse let's five before six yes he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our guilt and then and iniquities and the chastisement needful to obtain peace well-being for us was upon him and with his stripes that wounded him we were healed and made whole hallelujah we all are like sheep gone astray he says that we all have turned to our own way and the lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all keep on reading he was oppressed yet when he was afflicted he was submissive and open not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearer is dumb so he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away and as for his generation who among them that he was cut out of the land of the living stricken of death for he for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due hey. jump to amplified and he was assigned to him a grave with the wicked and with the rich and in his dead although he had done violence he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth let's read to 11 yet it was the will of the lord to bruise him yet that means that all that christ was the suffering the beatings the suffering that he went through the lashes was because 
God wanted him to go through it. it there was a purpose to it. So God allowed him to go through it. It was the will of God to bruise him. He was put to give and made him sick. When you, when you and he, when you and he made his life an offering for sin and he was risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his spiritual offering and he shall prolong his days. And the will of the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Lastly, verse 11. Okay, this is the last verse. Hallelujah. I'll come back to this verse 11. Because there's something I need to say about this. But we are not there yet. I just wanted to paint the picture that Isaiah saw. About the suffering of Christ. Hallelujah to us. And this is it. Hallelujah. Beloved, we don't take it lightly what Christ did for us. We don't take lightly all the scourging he went through for us. You know, the Romans, they, they, they are very wicked. When they captured, when they, when they took Jesus, they didn't just, you know, they didn't just beat him and just nail him on the cross. Let me tell you what he went through on the cross. You know, his back was already suffering because of the scourge. His face, his visage has all changed. And they put the cross on him. They put, you know, it, it was the, the, the horizontal one. The vertical one was already there. The horizontal one they put on him. It was a dry wood. He said, it's a sorry, a fresh wood that they cut. And it is rough. So they so make it in such a way that when you hang on the cross, when you hang on it, they, they nail it to it and you hang on it. And you are suffering. Sorry me to use this example, but on Sunday was the first time I saw someone at the point of death. And you see, the person will be gasping for air. You're trying to breathe in and gasp for air because it's last, it is last time. He's trying to breathe and gasping for air to leave. So you see, you'll be stretching. So when Jesus Christ was on the stretch, when they knew someone on the stretch, you'll be trying to, to, to breathe in air. And so you'll be using your head to hit the cross and your back to scratch the cross, the bar. Imagine, he was already bruised. His back was already suffering. The pains. And look at all this. For hours, he was there. Beloved, why would someone go through all this? Why would you think someone Christ would just come and die? No. It, it, it wasn't just a mere death. He went through all these pains just for the believer to know how much he, he loves him. How much he wants to pay and how much he wants to sacrifice for your sins. Hallelujah. There is no more, any more offering for sin again. All has been done on the cross. Look at all this. What else do you want? Do you want to pay for your own sins? No. No, we can't. We can't make this, this offering, this sacrifice. Hallelujah. All has been made on the cross for us. All, all, not one, all. For the traditionalists in our time, they will still offer some booze, but God, he has not seen it. He has not seen it at all. Because a bigger one has been offered. What are you offered? A bull? A bigger one has already been offered. No, it doesn't please him. Because someone, he has, he put his, his himself into, into, into Christ and he came to offer the sacrifice so he himself was doing it the father himself was doing it hallelujah there's no more offering no more offering I remember quite a time I was in about 10 years ago when I was in SHS my final year I had this guy who had been off the whole school he was in my class at that point at, at a time when Father, forgive my sins, forgive my sins, forgive me in the name of you. You know, <laughs> he will say more than 10 times in a day before, before we close school. And I was like, wow, this guy is holy. This guy is holy. He's making an own offering for his own sin. He's making an own offering for his own sin. He's, for, he's not looking at that of what Christ has done for him. Now that I came to understand that Christ has forgiven me. No. <clears throat> No, there's no need for me, my offering. I need to accept the offering of Christ. And say, Father, I thank you. That is why when you come here, have you ever seen that we make a prayer topic, ask God for forgiveness of sins? No, you did that when you came to Christ. The day someone led you to Christ, he made you to pray that sinless prayer. That was the very day. That was the very day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe in that sacrifice. And we believe that no other sacrifice, no other the Muslim believe that when you die, one you go and meet someone in heaven, a virgin, and he will transport you, and blah 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 blah. 
it is too it, they will get there they will like it is too late <laughs> the Bible says that after death is judgment after death is no one to transport you it's judgment hallelujah hallelujah fast forward at the death let's go to the death on the death when Christ was hung on the cross he shouted it is finished most Christians don't, we don't know what, it, what, what was he saying it is finished we are going to look into it Hebrews chapter 9 what, what was it that was finished what was it that was finished Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 I would like the BB I want it to be simple yes and for this cause he is the mediator of a new testament that by the means of death for the transgression of the for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament they that were called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance let's hold on here for this cause he is the mediator okay and for this cause it is through him that a new agreement you know when we came to Christ they don't they don't tell you well when I came to I wasn't told that there was there was a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament there is a difference if you don't know then you've not started the Christian work yet you are missing it oh yeah there is a there is you need to know the New Testament because that is where your your living is that is where you live as a as someone who is born again who has accepted Christ he says, and for this cause, it is through him that a new agreement, testament, the same as agreement, an agreement went on between God the Father, Jesus, and the Godhead for humanity. And he says, it is through him that a new agreement was enacted, was brought forth. And he said, it has come into being so that after the errors under the first agreement, what is the first agreement? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Some of us, we are so, we felt so strong on the Ten Commandments. Why are you taking it to? <laughs> the Bible says that when Moses made an, came, when, when Moses came, came into agreement with the Israelite, not me yet, not me, sorry, not me, it can't be me. I am in the New Testament. Hallelujah. When Moses, in the New, in the, sorry, Old Testament, came into agreement with the, with the people of Israel, and he brought them the law because God gave it to him and he told them this is your life the Bible says that he took calves he took goats he took hyssop a plant that he can use to sprinkle hyssop and he took water and he sprinkled the people and the law he made a blood covenant between them when you put yourself under the Ten Commandments you know what you are doing you are putting yourself under a covenant it's also a covenant because it was enacted with blood it will work against you I'm telling you. Tell me who has been able to do everything. You know for yourself. There is a covenant. There is a power. Yeah, you know covenant. When people go for the sacrifice, it works for them because it is an evil covenant. And it works. You can't, be, you can't go under a covenant to not work against you or for you. But this covenant, you can't obey it all. I tell you. I, I was reading some, some with my wife. He says, you can't shave the back of your hair. It is against the law. <laughs> you have no idea. You can't. Like some of us, we are already in hell. You can't. <laughs> the back of your head. Don't shave it. Hmm. And you are here. Ten commandments. That shall not. <laughs> I remember Kiko and I, we met a certain guy in, after the, the grace conference uh, at the over. The guy can't. He, he, he can't understand. No, it was say it can't be. It is part of our grace. No, it is not part. It is not at all. It's not for you. But you can pick out realities. We can help you. It doesn't mean that it is for you. Hallelujah. You can live by some realities of the old covenant and some of the laws, but it is not for you. Hallelujah. Yours is the New Testament and the new covenant. It is for us to live in. Hallelujah. So he says, for this cause, it is through him that a new agreement. So I came to tell you that a, there is, if you have never heard it in your life, a new agreement came into being. When Christ hung on the cross between God the Father and him, 
and we are just benefiting. Hallelujah. We are just benefiting. Jesus Christ is our mediator. He says, it is this cause through him that a new agreement has come into being. So that after the errors that was under the first agreement had been taken away. You know, people believed in Christ when they believed. They, they believed in God before Christ came. So, all these people, where did they go? Because by then, you can't go to heaven. So, they, they had to be at a temporary place. And there was a need for a sacrifice. So that these people can be remitted. They, they can be, their sins have to be taken off. Hallelujah. Before they could go to heaven. Without Christ, you can't. Not even Moses was able to go. Not even Elijah. All of them. They couldn't. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, the latter part, he was saying that without them, with, without, without us, their salvation cannot be made complete. Even Moses. Hallelujah. Even Mo Moses. Someone who saw the glory of God upon the mountain. He lived with God in 40 days. He couldn't have entered into heaven. Yes. Yes, without this sacrifice, he couldn't have entered into heaven. Without Elijah, who was taken off with chariot of fire, he couldn't. He didn't die. He couldn't have gone to heaven without this very sacrifice I'm telling you about. It is the power of God. All that, all the power you could think of that God possessed, he put it on the cross. Oh, malo shatapa. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. So that after the errors under the first agreement had been taken away by the by his death, by his death, errors taken away by his death, the word of God might have effect for those who were marked out for an eternal heritage. So this is when eternal life started flowing. This is when it started. When Christ died, before anybody can, it was after that that any person can receive eternal life. Hallelujah. I want us to see some more realities under this death. There's so much for us to, to look at in the death of Christ. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go. So we are going for it. Hebrews 10 verse 10 to 16. We're looking more, more, more into the sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 10 to, says, by, says, by, by the which, by the which will, we are sanctified. <laughs> yes, baby. By the pleasure, by that pleasure, we have been made holy. By that pleasure, we have been made holy by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and forever. How many times did Christ did the sacrifice for us? And forever. It is not when you come now, Father, forgive me for this sins. Before another sacrifice will be made. Ah, forgive me for this sins. Another sacrifice will be made for you. It was made once. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. And every priest takes the and every priest takes his place at the altar day by day, doing what is necessary and making again and again the same offering which are never able to take away sins. Verse 12. But when Jesus had made an offering for sins forever, he took his place at the right hand of God. Let's continue. At the right hand of God. And has been waiting there from that time till all who are against him are made a foot rest for his feet. Verse 14. Because by one offering he had made complete forever. By one offering, he has made complete for how long? By, by his sacrifice. For how long has he made it complete? So, why do we put clause there until I do and don't do something and I do and don't do this and that? Then Christ's sacrifice ends. No, it doesn't end for you. His sacrifice is complete in you. Hallelujah. It is complete in you. It is complete. Hallelujah. It is forever. Those who are made holy. So he's telling you that you are even made holy. Hallelujah. And, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a witness for us. For after he had said. The last verse. 
this is that this is the agreement which I will make with them after those days says the Lord I will put my laws in their heart writing them in their minds hallelujah so this is an agreement that Jesus Christ said that I have come to make an agreement with them this is the agreement he says I will write my laws in their heart I will write my laws in their heart hallelujah it will be in their minds they will not forget hallelujah why not I tell you quote the ten commandments you can't quote everything you'll be struggling to quote where to put the one and the two and the ten and the seven but it's so we, we, people are holding on to it but they can't quote it but we can easily quote John 3 16 easily 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 because God has written his laws on our hearts hallelujah his laws is in our heart pastor always shares his testimony let me use pastor I'll not use me <laughs> that when he came into Christ he, he gets to realize that when he opens the word and he reads he gets to know that no Christ has done this for me Christ has done this for me and you go to church and you hear something different you remember that he has said it ah, so you can't forget <laughs> you know this is a teaching that the, this word is talking about he says I will teach them there will, there will be no need for someone to teach you you will know Christ when you hear someone preaching they will read the true gospel you will not hear this is the true gospel hallelujah so it is a spirit within you and you will know praise Jesus hallelujah Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 I want us to look at one more thing that Christ did for us this in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace in whom you have you have redemption you have forgiveness why do you ask for forgiveness you have it <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying you have forgiveness the Bible says that in whom we have forgiveness in whom we have redemption and we have forgiveness you you have redemption when you believed in Christ, he gave you redemption. What is redemption? We learned it in the class today. You know, salvation actually entails a lot of things. When, when you say salvation, that it can be protection. God saved me from an accident. It can be salvation. God um, healed me. Healing can be salvation. But there, that, that particular aspect of salvation, where Christ died for us, went to hell, defeated hell for us, rose up again, went to heaven, performed the, performed the sacrifice in heaven, came back, rose again back to the Father. This whole process is called redemption. Is it simplified for you? Yes, it's a big term, but I hope it's simplified. So this whole term, when we say redemption, so when we say, this guy say, you have redemption. Eesh, kalosha. It is not with Christ. I have it. I have forgiveness. So I can come and stand here and say, Father, forgive me. Oh, it's a waste of time and prayer. You've wasted your breath, actually. Say, Father, I thank you rather that I'm forgiven. Rather thank him that you are forgiven. When you fall short of anything, thank him that I'm forgiven. And forgiven eternally. Not because of me, but because of Christ. Not because of how good and bad I am, but because a perfect sacrifice has been made for me. Hallelujah. This is the confidence we need to stand in. The devil will always whisper something different to you. But no. No. Refuse it. I am the righteousness of Christ in Christ Jesus. That is where I dwell. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Romans 3.24. Last, last one. Last one. His death. Romans 3.24. It's a beautiful scripture. justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This one I think that King James would do. <laughs> King James will sound nice. <laughs> well, well. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It's okay. Leave this. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. As simple as that. So he's telling you that we've been justified freely by a redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You've been if you say justified freely, it's telling you that you've been declared. A declaration has been made. If you don't know, I'm just telling you. A declaration has been made 
God the Father made a declaration. And he says that anyone who believes in that declaration, you are justified. You believe that Christ died for you. I'm justified. Meaning I stand perfect before him. Any day, any time, anywhere, any moment, anywhere. I am justified before God. Hallelujah. I am justified. Say being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You are justified each and every day. You are declared righteous by God. Any time, any day, anywhere. Hallelujah. So now Christ is dead. It, it, Christ has died, sorry. He's, he, he's on the cross. You know, he, he, death couldn't take his life. The Bible said that he, ought, he himself gave his life to he gave his life. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he left, his spirit left, and that is when he died. The death couldn't conquer him. He has to give his life to Christ. He has to give out his life to the Father. Hallelujah. So he commanded his spirit out of him. He commanded his spirit. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That is when he was able to die. And now he was in the grave. And he had to do something so important also for the believer. Defeating Satan for us. And conquering death for us. The Bible says, there is this translation I found. Hayababa. Weymouth translation. Colossians 2.15. He says that, he says that, he threw principality off himself. I know we don't have Weymouth. But, um, you open, when you open, he only th- um, tells us that, um, he, he, he took having sport principality he says sport but he didn't really explain what he did he didn't really give us a picture of what he did but the remote give us a, a beautiful he threw them off himself that means that he was there when he went to hell he was he was they were trying to weigh him down they came the devil came up on him satan himself came up on him the bible says that he threw them off himself that was a battle he had with them and he didn't just end it there he did something also after taking off himself he says god disarmed okay so after he threw them off he disarmed them god disarmed principality and power that were ranged against us and made a bold display and a public example of them in triumphing over them and him in it hallelujah so after he threw himself off their power and their grip, he disarmed them. He took their arms. So isn't it amazing that the devil right now doesn't have any arms? Doesn't have any arms against a believer? He doesn't. So when you stand to pray, they run away. Because you have the armor. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You have the armor. He has been disarmed. All he does is deception. No wonder the Bible says that the enemy comes like a roaring lion. He's trying to do something so that you get scared. He's trying to make you sick so that you get scared. He's trying to give you some symptoms that you get scared. He's trying to show something in your life to make you scared. He's only trying. But when you stand up and you start declaring in the name of Jesus, I cannot. I refuse it. I will not go down. I will not be defeated. I will go this height that the Lord has purposed for me. When you rise up, they will give you way because you possess all the ammo. When, he, when, when Jesus took the ammo, he gave it to us. He didn't just leave it. He didn't, he didn't take it to heaven. He gave it to us, his church, his body. Let me prove to you that he gave it to us. Luke chapter 11, verse 22. Where Jesus Christ, he, talk, he spoke about a strong man, how to defeat a strong man. Luke 11, 22. 21 and 22. When a strong, when a strong man armed keepeth his place keepeth his palace his goods are in peace verse 22 but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him and take from him all that is armor wherein he trusted and divided his poor so look at this scripture he's telling you that when a stronger than him comes he says that he shall overcome him and he would take from him his armor wherein he trusted 
and divided his paw. So in the Amplified, he will say that he took it and he divided it. Who did he give to? Not angels, us. He divided it to us. Maybe yours, maybe he want to give you that for um, um, healing, performing miracles. He just gave, dash it to you, take it. Hallelujah. The powers are available for us. This is what the ultimate sacrifice produced for the believer. Hallelujah. Again in Isaiah chapter 52. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53, sorry, verse 12. Isaiah 52, verse 53, verse 12. He said the same thing over there. Isaiah 53, verse 12. I'm ending it. I'll finish shortly. Isaiah 53, verse 12. It says, For this cause he would have a heritage with the great, and he would have a part in the goods of war with the strong. Because he gave up his life and he was numbered with the evildoers, taking on himself and the sins of the people and making prayer for their wrongdoings. So here he's saying the same thing, that he would have a heritage with the great. With, he calls us the great. He says he will have a heritage with the great. This is Isaiah saying the same thing again. He will have a heritage with the great. The Lord, will, meaning will share in his force. We will share in what Christ went to take from the enemy. And he says that, with, with the strong because he has because he gave up his life that means because he died for us because he performed that ultimate sacrifice on our behalf he says that we will have hallelujah and we have it now hallelujah hallelujah lastly hebrews 9 23 my last scripture hebrews 9 this is last last hebrews 9 23 hebrews 9 23 so let's read. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly, but the heavenly things, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Let's continue. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which were the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. No, take your time. So yeah, he's saying that Christ had to appear before God. You know, pastor said it here that when Christ died and he was in the tomb, they came and they wanted to touch him. He said, no, I have to go to heaven. I have to go and see my father. So he had to go to heaven before coming back to see the disciples. So this is, when, this is what he went to do after they met him. So this is what we are reading. So just picture when Christ died, he has arose. That moment, that time that incident so now he has gone he says now christ entered into the holy place not made with hands so he's talking about he going to heaven because there things are not made with hands and he says which are the figures of the two but in heaven but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of god for us let's continue okay and he did not have to make an offering of himself again and again, as a high priest goes into the holy place every year with blood, which is not his. For then he would have undergone a number of death. So you're saying that <laughs> a number of death, death, brewer. So he's, he's trying to tell him that Christ's sacrifice is just one. There is no need to do it repeatedly as the Old Testament high priest or who would have done. And he says that for then he would have undergone a number of death from the time of making of the world but now he has come to us at the end of the old at the end of the old order order sorry to put away sins by the offering of himself hallelujah so he is telling us this just that's, so he's telling us a, a kind of sac sacrifice which christ has to go and do in heaven and the bible says that he was a proposition that means that he was the mercy seat he was the place in which the place where the place in heaven was he was the, that very thing and he was the very blood because the blood was seen and he himself was the high priest Christ, Christ was just three things in one for us because no man could have done it no man could have done it he decided to do all these things for you and you wake up in the morning and you think that I'm a sinner oh that's it that's an insult to him it is a slap on his face Boy, 
you've slapped him. I'm a sinner. That shouldn't come out of your mouth again. Knowing that he did all this for you, he decided to be the propitiation for you in heaven where they need to sprinkle the blood in heaven. He decided to be even the tabernacle in heaven for you. He made the tabernacle for you. He, was, he became the high priest for you. He, became, he took his own blood for you to go and sacrifice in heaven so that you will have something that is eternal. And you still doubt. Oh, my friend. No, never. Never. This is the sacrifice of Christ. This is what he, it, it, it had to, he had to go through. These are the things he had to go through for you. Never belittle the, the sacrifice of Christ by buying what you think it is my sins. Never. It can't be greater. Your, 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 your sins can't be greater than what Christ did. No, not, not even one of them. Don't ever think your sins will take you to hell. You have crossed that level. The day you enter into Christ, you have crossed, you cannot go back. How can you go back? A man told them, a great gap has been fixed between us. It's the same thing. When you came to Christ, Colossians says you have been transported into a new place. You have to, who, is, who is going to transport you back? <laughs> With what? <laughs> you have no idea. I always say that salvation is a trap. I'll never stop saying that. The day you give yourself to Christ, it is a trap. He has locked you up. You can't go back. You say I have disbelieved. You, you can't go back. You come back again. A trap for you. You have no idea. It's a trap to save you. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you see a change? You saw it, right? You saw the Pray again, rise up to your feet. May grace abound. May the true implication of his ministry, what God really called him to do, may it shoot out day by day. May it rise day by day. Stretch forth your hands. Begin to speak words over him. May the grace of God abound on him. May the strength of Zion rest upon him. May he be an example to his generation. May the world know that the Lord called him and is using him. Anybody who ever rises up against the thing that he has been called to do for God, may they never ever succeed. May the grace of God lift him up and sustain him where he's supposed to be. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice, lift your voice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now go. Speak the word of God with boldness. The spirit of God is upon you. Speak with the might of God. Speak with the strength of God. May signs and wonders follow your words. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. You are blessed. Hallelujah. Now, now. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is, it, is, it is deep truth he has shared. Hallelujah. Oh, you may take your seat. Take your seat briefly. But you know, the sacrifice that he spoke about is so important, right? And it's so true. No matter who you are, you need that sacrifice. Yesterday, I wrote something on my status. To sacrifice is to give your life for another. Did you get that? Hello? Pretty girls, can I say something? Don't marry a man because of what he can give you out of the abundance of his riches. Marry a man because of what he can sacrifice for you. You get it? That is why I always advise people, marry people, marry whilst you are young. Marry whilst you are young. I don't know why I'm talking about marriage right now, but let me talk anyway. Because when you marry whilst you are young, you express yourselves in that little things that you have. You share the best of each other in the adventure of faith and belief. You may not know what tomorrow brings, but you have each other. You are ready to sacrifice each other for each other. And that is the blessing 
of a sacrifice. Do you notice, did you notice that even though the sacrifice itself was painful, he never cut the process short. So I'm ending the, the message. He taught us everything that he did from the head to the back to the joints and everything. But he never said that, ah, he didn't say that. Who are these people? Things I created, look at the way they are beating me, scourging me, and they're making me feel. He didn't say that. True sacrifice takes you through the whole process, even to the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. Can you please one?